0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It's the Week 11. It's Week 11, right? God, how the time yeah. flies. Amazing. I'm in Best Bets. Joining me to uh, try and stay hot. Two good weeks in a row for everybody, right? Uh, Pete Briscoe and RJ White. What's up, fellas? What's up? It's on. It's going. Pretty pumped. Two, uh, two consecutive weeks in, uh, in in the black. Is it the black or the red? What's good? Black is good, right? Black. 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 Is you can tell I'm very good at accounting. Uh, I went four and two. You guys both went five and one. RJ now 35, 22 and two. Scorching record on the season. If you want his plays, the second he puts them in, get the best number possible. Go to slash join. Use promo code white. Get your first month for a dollar. Pete 34, 23 and two on the season. And I am trying to fight my way back above 500, 29, 31 and two.
1: Um let's not rush by that p record too. That P record is awesome. Oh yeah, I know P3. that I, I'm I'm leading by one, but my generally that P record's gonna be like leading the three of us by eight games at this point. Like yeah, that's a really good record. Yeah.
2: P's- we've had a good we've had a good year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We guys, really have. You, you two have going. had a very
0: good full year. I've had a very nice fortnight. Correct. That. Um right. Yeah, I was, I was just really trying to get the sports line promo in for you, RJ. Uh, two, by the way, two things I noticed on our awesome CBS Sports research doc. Underdogs are 57% against the spread this season, 83, 62, and 4. Also at 57, uh, 57% unders, 85, 63, and 2. That's the highest percentage of unders hitting through 10 weeks since 1991.
2: What I mean, the, scoring? the scoring's down,
0: man. For sure, but I mean, I, I guess I'm, my, the question was going to be to you guys. Uh, by the way, um, uh, underdogs of four pl- four or more points are 48 and 26 against the spread, 65%, uh, the best since week 10 of 1999, and straight up, they're actually hitting a 35% clip, which is the best through week 10 since 1987. Um, pretty crazy. Do you? Is there anything to glean from that, RJ or Pete, or, or is that just sort of? Yeah, a lot of, a lot no, of there are no
2: good. Te- there are no good teams. I mean, they say it every year. There's no good right now. There are how many good teams are there legitimately in the NFL right now? Mm, One- six. I mean, you're counting the Vikings. I mean, you got to give them credit for what they did, but they played. They beat three backup quarterbacks, and every game comes down to the wire. All right,
0: so this is a question um, I- we asked uh, on the Monday Night Recap Pod of the of uh, Eagles and. In- the uh, commanders, um, it's like, not so much like what teams do you believe in, but how many teams do you actually trust? Because the only team I trust in the NFL is the Chiefs, and that's simply because they have Mahomes and Andy Reid, who's done it, and we know he can be creative and he's won big games. And and obviously he's had some uh, you know time mismanagement or clock mismanagement stuff. But like, is, so if
2: they don't if the Bills don't fumble the snap the other day, you don't trust them anymore.
0: It, it, the lack of trust in the Bills is solely related to Josh Allen's arm or his elbow.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I trust the Bills still. I, I, but again, there's there's not a big class of good teams. The Niners are going to end up being one of the better teams by the time it's all
0: said and done. RJ's preseason NFC Super Bowl pick, actually.
1: Yeah, well, uh, the, he, I don't know about pick. Definitely the one I bet on. But you know, you're just looking for value when you bet those kind of things. So, if you ask, if you would ask me who would I pick to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC before the season, I might not have said San Francisco, but definitely thought they had the best value at twenty to one to win the whole thing. Right, they,
0: they I, I agree with you. They look like a team that's on the on the up and up.
1: Um, is there, it, nothing, just it's just parity and. Um, it, be- it's that I think if you look at that, uh, I, I can't quote the number exactly, but if you look at that that run of unders and how big the unders are cashing, I want to say last is in that top two or three discussion, too. So it seems like this thing where teams are running the ball better. I I think Daniel Jeremiah had a tweet today saying that he thinks that uh, run-stuffing defensive tackles are going to be a priority in the draft this year because these teams are just cranking out these good runs. And when you run the ball more, there's fewer possessions in a game, you know, you grind the clock more, the clock's moving, and scoring is down. So I think that also contributes to it. The fact that rushing has really taken off this year more than it has in the past contributes to the lower totals.
2: You know, me and Brady had a nice conversation about that two years ago, and, and both of us sat there and we predicted. There, it might have even been three years ago. With everybody going the smaller, faster guys, teams were going to evolve back into you know, running the football. It was, it was inevitable because you're little. I mean, you look at the teams that are, can't stop the run, they're little. They get pushed around. The Eagles, you know, without Jordan Davis in there, they're small. Their linebackers are, you know, whites have blown up safety. They're little. The Chargers, they're little. These teams are small, and so they're getting pushed around. And, it, it's and you know, eventually, you know, I don't know if you're still going to put great value on a run-stuffing defensive tackle, um, but you're going to find those guys in the second and third round where I think if you can find one, you can. And here's the other thing. Take a guy who's not a great pass-rushing defensive end and put 40 on him. Make him a defensive tackle. That's, you know, some of the better ones back in the day were blown up guys that, you know, some of them were linebackers who were blown up into defensive tackles.
0: Uh, To RJ's point, the highest under uh, hit rate, um, I I believe since 1990 was 1991, 64 percent, 2022 this year, obviously 57 percent. Last year, 2021 was 55 percent and 1996, 55 percent as well. Um, Just to throw one more possibility about it uh, in there with the lack of scoring. We are sort of in like this transitional phase for quarterbacks where you know we've lost a, a lot of hall, like a lot of hall of famers are have left the game, Big Ben, Philip Rivers, Eli, etc. cetera. Um, and then you have Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers not playing well on their way out and then some of the, these younger guys are sort of trying to figure out what the actual hierarchy is. So
2: yeah, the quarterback play hasn't been great and and here's the the biggest problem, the biggest one. You can talk about all the run game and the size advantage and and you know, being able to push people around the biggest disadvantage are the offensive lines in the NFL. They're awful. And the pass rushers are getting better and faster and more athletic. And the offensive lines, they come out of college. They All they do is pass and tap. They don't, you know, and, and they're not schooled in the art of pass protection anyways. You don't have enough time to learn how to pass protect because all you're doing is install, install, install because the, the time has been condensed so much. And guys get hurt, and the unit all of a sudden goes out the window. You have to have guy. Think about all the teams that have lines where guys have been hurt, and watch what happens to them. They become a disaster. So Cowboys I, and the Rams.
0: These example. I mean, yeah.
2: There's no depth in the NFL when it comes to offensive line play. There's only so many big, physical players who can do that, and uh, that really impacts how teams play. All
0: right, quick trivia question before we get into the games. Can you name the only team that is clinched? Their win, their preseason win total through ten weeks of the season.
1: I know it, but we'll see if Pete knows it. Clinch, they're above it. Uh, it They've I
0: mean, already won. Anyway. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's an over
1: because it, it's impossible to clinch it. It's already three. been decided. Well, I mean, it's possible. Giants, if, it possible. The, Giants
0: have, the Giants have to be that right. Right, city wrong team.
1: The Jets, uh, the Seahawks over, Giants over. Uh seven, up to like seven and seven, seven and a half. Yeah. yeah, most places. Yeah. Yeah, Jets five and
0: a half. Uh the Seahawks over, Giants over, Packers under, Bucks under, and Rams under could all clinch this week based on what happens in those games. Let's get to the games. We've got a uh are you excited for a is it a thunder s- snow? Snow beginning? What do we we got? This is a tough one because there is like you don't really hear the NFL throw this out when it comes to snow very often. But the NFL has sort of floated the idea that this game between the Cleveland Browns and the Buffalo Bills, scheduled to take place in Orchard Park, with the Bills as an eight-point favorite at total of forty-two, could be moved to Detroit because of the massive... I don't get
2: it. I don't get it. I don't get. It. I, don't get it. I mean, you don't move the game for snow. That's a, you know, look. You don't have, don't have people come, but play the game. You know, do the field, get the bulldozers in there, get the field cleared, go play the game. I don't. I don't understand that. That's an advantage for Buffalo to play in their home building. You shouldn't be able to force to move that game. Um, now, if you're worried about resources for traffic and everything else, I get. It. Well, don't let fans come to the game. We've seen those play before. We did it during COVID. You can do it again. So I wouldn't move the game. I, I like Buffalo in this game. I think they bounce back in a big way. I, I think Cleveland's bad on defense. Uh, now the snow gives me a little bit of caution. Is it windy? Is it windy? That's the question. Is the snow going to be on the field? Is it going to be snowing? Is it going to be windy? I mean, that's the whole key in this one.
1: I think um, this, it's probably not going to be snowing during the game. All the snow is going to happen before the game, but it will be windy. And so that's why I like Cleveland plus eight as a best bet. Attention on all of Josh Allen's mistakes last week. But what happened to the defense against Minnesota? They had been a really good defense up to that point, holding very good offenses to 21 points or less in every single game. And then they couldn't do it against Minnesota. And they would have won handily if not for that incredible Jefferson catch on fourth and 18. So maybe that plays into whether they would have had a lower total or not in that game. Uh, Miami game showed that Cleveland can't fall behind, far behind or the, the strong blowout potential because they can't rally back. So um, if this was a regular game, regular weather, I'd be on, on the Buffalo side as well. But with that major snow game, all the wind that we expect, I think that favors the Cleveland run game here. I'm taking Cleveland plus eight as a best bet because this bet voids if it is moved. So the Ooh. books, the Caesars book, will void people's bets if it's not played in Buffalo. So I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. get cl- Cleveland plus eight, and then in contingency, if it moves, the 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 pick is just wiped off for me.
2: Yeah, I'll take I'll take Buffalo in either way. I, I, after watching Cleveland's offensive line last week, my God, they were atrocious. They were they were the worst in the league last week, and that's saying something. They were awful. Spinning top. of the week? Yes, the tackles were really bad, and they're supposedly good players.
0: All right. By the way, Jacoby Brissett played in the uh, snow overtime game in two thousand seventeen.
2: Pretty By exciting. the way, uh, the interception that Josh Allen threw on fourth down, he's right. He was just throwing it in there. You got to you gotta put that. But on third down, I said, tweeted that picture out there, that play out yesterday. He missed Gabe Davis wide open in the middle of the field for a touchdown. Game's over. It's a blowout. It's over. He missed him. He never saw him until it was too late.
0: Yeah, he was, he was focused on the rights. So it looked like he.
2: Well, you know, he, I think the play is Davis goes under and McKenzie comes underneath him. But he had Davis right away because the safety stayed. Harrison Smith stayed on the left side on a double with Diggs. He was a touchdown. He he just missed it.
0: The by the way, what's your one to, one to ten? What's your uh, concern on Josh Allen right now? No, I'm still not concerned.
2: He, he threw one. He threw a red zone. The, the t- end zone interception he threw was terrible at
0: the end of the game.
2: The it's other like, one was fourth. The other one's fourth down. Why? What's the matter with running the ball on second and two or third and two? I mean, there's that, an idea.
0: No concern for Pete for Josh Allen. I have a little concern. Panthers at the Ravens. Ravens coming off their bye. John Harbaugh, second or third best winning percentage, excuse me, tied with Dennis Green. They are who we thought they were. Andy Reid and Marv Levy for best winning percentage after the bye all time. The Ravens minus 13 here, Pete, with a total of 41 against the Carolina Panthers.
2: Yeah, this is a big number, but uh, I just think that the, the defense is getting in gear for Baltimore. Uh, I think that's what we expected to see. I think we're going to see more and more of that. So um, I think this will be a lower-scoring game, and I also think that uh, Baltimore is going to uh, win the game and cover the number. I, I, the Carolina is a disaster. I mean, Baker Mayfield, how's his head after banging helmets and now he's got to play? I mean, he's the happiest bench warmer I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I don't get it. They got all mad at me the other day when I was in the studio and I said, uh, we were on the air and I said, um, if I were Baker, I wouldn't be cheering for my, my guy took my job to play well. I'm just not going to do that. I'm not, okay, if he does it, I'll shake his hand. Nice job. He did a nice job. And I'm not sitting there hoping he does well. I want to play. I don't want to sit there on the sideline what are you laughing for you do the same thing
0: i've like pictured you like you're like carson Wentz in the super bowl and you're like oh god i hope we lose this game i don't want to like you don't want nick falls to win this super bowl because you won't get any credit for it no i would that's different i mean that's i'd still want him
2: to do well i'm just not going to stand on the sideline and cheer cheer him on and then deep down inside i hope he throws five interceptions
1: get you play on. to win the game yeah. Uh, RJ would cheer for his teammates by the way. Oh yeah. Like I don't care who gets the credit, just get us some wins. And uh When well, you're rather play? I mean ideally, but if, if we're winning games, it doesn't really matter who's playing. No,
2: it matters. You want to play. Well, you want to play. You play to win the game.
0: You play. You play to play.
1: How much you, money you has you Chase Daniel? You
0: play you pay
1: you play to get paid. <laughs> yeah, how much money has Chase Daniel made in the NFL? Like give me that job. Like I'm fine with that. So uh, let's see you on the uh, Ravens and Panthers. Sorry. Yeah. Theoretically Baker Mayfield should move the line toward the Panthers. Baker Mayfield is a better quarterback than PJ Walker. Um, but now we see this line and still at 13 um, the, you know, cause the offense was terrible with him before. So even though he is an upgrade from PJ Walker, not like this offense, suddenly going to be good. Baltimore's defense looked off early in the year has improved. Added Rocon Smith was really great before the buy but their offense struggled to gain yards in two of their last three. So health of the key players are critical here. Mark Andrews, Gus Edwards, we'll see how the injury report trends for those guys. We know the Ravens don't have much at receiver, so I want them to be able to throw Andrews and Isaiah Lakeley out there and and at least have some threat of a passing game. I think the spread's fair. I think Baltimore probably covers if they want to cover this big spread. Um, I think you fade Carolina scoring at all. I was going to put this in as an under, but it's now dropped to 41. It's just a lean at 41 for me. Also look at Panthers team totals unders because they're just not good offensively.
0: Yeah, that's a great look. <clears throat> uh, that's a good look on the Panthers team total unders. I, I mean, I said
1: last week
0: when I looked at it, I realized that Carolina was playing Baltimore coming off a bye. And like people are kind of trying to get back in on Carolina and like they, you know, they won, they beat Atlanta. People are, like people want to like the Panthers for some insane reason. And they're just not a very good football team. They're not good against the run. And Baltimore is going to run all over them coming off a bye. Excuse me. I, have the Ravens as the best bet. I think they obliterate the Panthers. I do think uh, for the uh, recreational purposes of the uh, the listeners and the people watching on YouTube, that RJ's look at the Panthers' team total under may be a little bit safer just because, as he points out, if Baltimore wants to cover, they will cover. But there is a chance for Baker to storm through the back door when you're talking about a 13-point spread uh, in, an F- in an NFL game. But... I said I was going to take the Ravens no matter what the spread was, so I am taking the Ravens. Minus 13 is the best bet. The Washington Commanders, fresh off, knocking off the lone undefeated team in the NFL on Monday night. Head to Houston, where they are now a three-point favorite. We have Commanders minus three and a half at Texans, total 40 and a half, Pete.
2: Look, I, I was all. I, that was one of my best bets was Washington last week. I, I love them. I, I thought they would hang around, division game, way too many points. I didn't think they win it, but they hung around, and, and they had a nice plan. I think the plan's going to be the same here. Run Robinson, run Robinson, run Robinson, take a few shots. The Texans can't stop the run, much like the Eagles. So I'll take Washington. Uh, I, you know, three and a half, so the hook bothers me, so I didn't make it a best bet, but I'll take Washington. I'm a little concerned about short week, letdown, back out on the road. The Texans are bad. They'll run the ball on them. I think Washington will cover the number.
1: And three and a half definite best bet for me on Houston, definite come down spot after taking down Philly for Washington on a short week. I don't think it should be favored on the road versus anyone, even a team as bad as Houston, which I probably said earlier in the year, I was never going to take again, but here we are plus three and a half. I, I, I have to play that points. The Houston offense actually looked good on the road event against the Giants in the second half. Uh, overall, they had 6.5 yards per play in the game. So that offense might be getting its feet under itself and and playing solid. Um, Washington's D could carry the day uh, with chase young backs. Um, if that offense isn't up to form. So I just don't trust the Washington offense here. I know that they piled up rushing yards against the Philly, but they still had 3.1 yards per carry. So they weren't efficient in doing it. They were just very successful on third down. Philly couldn't get off the field. Philly had some bad fumbles that that flipped the game in that sense. But I don't think Washington played as well as that score indicated. So at three and a half, love Houston. They're a best bet at three. It's just a lean.
0: Uh, is this a Taylor
1: Heineke revenge game? Who knows? No. No. Okay. I no. threw it at the last minute. Um, I could not tell you cut Taylor Heineke's playing career, so.
0: Pretty sure he got cut by the Texans at some point. Uh I, I don't want to go with it either. I, I, this is a tough one. Short week, team riding high, pound of the bush lights on the plane. You know, Heineke, now it's like he's no longer sort of playing with house money. He's kind of, I mean, like Ron Rivera can say he, he's not looking over his shoulder, but if he falters, he has a bad game. They're going to go to Carson Wentz. I mean, that, that's the bottom line. They paid a ton for Carson Wentz. Although, worth noting, Carson Wentz cur- currently at – uh of the Washington snaps. If he goes over 70% for the season, the third round pick in 2023 becomes a second round pick. So some vested interest by the Washington front office and coaching staff to not allow Carson Wentz to get over there. Of course they want to win first. Um, Nothing here for me, but I would probably lean towards the Texans Eagles minus seven at the Colts over under 44 Pete. Uh, this looks like it is moving towards Indianapolis at plus, at minus 120, excuse me.
2: Yeah, I'm going to take the Colts here. I, I, again, I go back to my run defense, and, and when I watch the Eagles, they don't stop the run. Uh, I think Jonathan Taylor run wild. The Colts played better on the offensive line last week. They're much better with Matt Ryan at quarterback. If I had known Matt Ryan was starting at quarterback, I would not have had the Raiders last week. I can tell you that 100% certainty um and you know i i think they played better on defense last week so I, I, I look the eagles coming they're another team on a short week coming off a loss they'll be focused they'll win the game but you're gonna give me seven i'll take it i'll take colt's best bet
1: this was six and a half. Yeah. For, for a big chunk of the week. Um, and now it's has popped up to seven. That's why you get the minus minus We'll see if it goes back to six and a half. Indy definitely gets an upgrade with Matt Ryan back at quarterback, but the offense was brutal with him before. I mean, they got shut out with Matt Ryan in week two. So it's not like he's playing amazingly uh, and, and him being in that doesn't fix the offensive line, which we've harped about here before Vegas defense last in sack rate. So no wonder the offensive line looked better in that game and Matt Ryan had time to throw. Not going to be the case moving forward. Philly's defense elite versus the pass. One of the best sack rates in the league. The <laughs> Um, even with those defensive line injuries, even with Avanti Maddox at, hurt at, at cornerback, I think they have a really good defensive game here against what's been a terrible offense. That Philly loss, like I said, came down to fumbles, no third down stops. So those defensive injuries are a factor. We'll see how much the offensive injuries hurt them with Goddard out and A.J. Brown, if he if he's limited in this game, we'll see. But look ahead here was minus 10.5. Um, I don't think the injuries and that indie overreaction puts it down to 6.5 where it had been. So I was leaning. I was probably going to put Philly 6.5 in as a, as a pick here at 7 it's just to lean to Philly.
0: It's pretty crazy that Jim Ursay made Frank Wright bench Matt Ryan, plays Sam Ellinger for multiple games, and he hires Jeff Saturday who has no coaching experience.
1: He's like, yeah, dude, if you want to play Matt Ryan, go for it. it feels very saboteur-like. It feels very much like he wanted to win that game, like it was a revenge spot for, for Ursay against Josh McDaniels, which I told you, I told you, put the money line in. That's the only so, one that won.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable.
1: You were hating me for it, but that's the one that won. The other two. Uh,
2: yeah, but you didn't know Matt Ryan was playing, though.
1: I knew Ursay wanted that revenge, so it was a possibility. All about the revenge, baby. Um, I, I think the Colts are massively
0: overrated coming off that win against the Raiders. I mean, that's it's a prime like you got the guy. The guy gets fired, and you get to play a really bad team, and you have Saturday come in, hype everybody up, get everybody pumped up. This is a comeback spot for them against the Eagles. I I would go. I would lean towards the Eagles. Um, I don't want to. Make them a best bet because it is a lot you know, sevens, a, a ton of points. Certainly the backdoor is available, but this is a night and day difference between the Eagles and the Raiders. I like the Eagles to cover here. Jets at the Patriots. My, my, my. If it isn't a little bit of revenge, Pete, Pat's a little spike game. Pat's minus three over under 38. Looks like the Pats are going to get to three and a half. At some point, it's minus 115 on Caesars.
2: Yeah, and look, I anticipate this is not going to be a real high-scoring game. These two offenses are not very good. Um, but the last time Zach Wilson played New England, he was dreadful. I mean, he was awful that day. And remember, there was actually talk, should sit him down? Should they keep him playing? Uh, he's bounced back and played better. But I, I, I'm going to take the Patriots at home. I think Belichick against Zach Wilson, mismatch. match, uh, they won't blow him out. They'll hang around. The Jets' defense will keep him in the game. But I, I'll, I'll take New England minus the points. Uh, probably win by six or seven, so I'll, I'll make it a best bet.
1: This game was Patriots at Jets in week eight, and Patriots were three-point favorites there, covered pretty easily despite the final score only having to win by five. They had a late touchdown there for the Jets. Um, so New England just dominated them on the road thanks to those bad Wilson picks. He's not any better here. They played one game since then, and, and they upset the Bills, but it's not like he scored a ton of points for them. Uh, the New England offense isn't good either, obviously, with this total. So they're just to take the points in all those scoring game. But New England has the coaching edge, especially with two weeks per, per, to prepare. It's a revenge spot for Bill Belichick. He only beat them by five last time around. So <laughs> he definitely wants to get his revenge and win this one by double digits. So I have New England minus three as a best bet.
0: I got New England minus three as a best bet, too. And I would tell people to get it in before it gets to three and a half. The Patriots are just – I mean, look <laughs> – I don't think belichick is out for revenge he just hates the jets man he likes to beat up on the jets and it's a bad mismatch for new york and zach wilson against belichick who has just given young quarterbacks problem problems over the course of his career uh well, well am i allowed to put the bats money line in the revenge parlay
2: no because there's no revenge for him he he quit them
0: fine we'll take a break we'll discuss it and we'll come back the Lions. <laughs> Will I finally stop taking the Lions get the spread? Spoiler, I won't. Next. Lions at the Giants. The G Men are minus three over under forty-five. Pete, um, I need to check this out. Is it is it possible that it's gonna be like nice in the meadow? Like they'll be fine at the at the Meadowlands, and it's just like dumping snow in Buffalo. They're not that far apart, are they?
2: One has lake effect snow, and the other one's (laughs) pretty far apart. Okay, I don't know. I don't know
0: my my Thanksgiving area. I know how to drive around North Carolina around Thanksgiving. I don't know how to do it in New York. (laughs) Yeah,
2: they're not that close. Um, So I'm not sure what the weather's going to be like, but I'll take the Giants here. I don't love them. This was a tough game for me because Lions are out on the road back-to-back weeks. They won last week on the road. Um, this is a tougher, you know, this is a Giants team plays hard. They play tough. And RJ always said they're well coached. And uh, so okay, I'll, they're like, I'll take the
0: they're like six hours apart. All right, carry on. I'm yeah,
2: gonna... <laughs> yeah. So okay. I'll take the Giants minus the points. No best bet here for me either way.
1: Yeah, in terms of weather, I think the only, only Buffalo is the one that we're looking at is going to be a severe one. You're going to have some wind in some of these other games, but it's not going to get higher than 15 miles an hour or so, probably, it looks like at this point. So you don't really have to factor in the weather too much here. I have Giants minus three as a best bet. Detroit won two straight, but it feels fortunate. Those Green Bay red zone picks that any quarterback not named Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw. Apparently he was the worst quarterback in the league that day. Um, And then you get that pick six against Chicago, the worst pick six you've ever seen. Um, That was a walk-in thing. Detroit typically doesn't get those. I know some was made about the um, the defensive backs coach being fired and they have a new guy in there and that's helping them play better. But those seems like, Gifts in the last two weeks, and the Giants' offense doesn't throw picks. Daniel Jones has two all year. Uh, I think the Giants probably should have won by more against Houston. I know a lot was made about the Houston kept on driving through, and they had good uh, good stats. What I was saying earlier, um, but they weren't couldn't score. They couldn't convert late in, in the uh, in, in the drives, and that's. Uh, indicative of what the Giants' defense has done, their statistics haven't been that great, but they're great on third down. Um, so I think that they could do that here against Detroit offense. That's just 19th on third down. They could run the ball versus Detroit's defense, not make mistakes, win this game by at least three. Uh, the market looked like it was going to push it toward two and a half, um, but now who knows where it's going to go? So if you can get, to, if you want to wait and try to get two and a half, I'm good with that. But Giants minus three for this podcast is the best bet.
0: Did you hear what uh, Saquon Barkley's nickname for Dato Jones is? What was it? Vanilla Vic. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right. Nobody, nobody finds that amusing okay i thought it was funny um i got the under as a best bet here i think saquon barkley goes nuts I think the giants control the clock i think there won't be a lot of scoring the total seems a little high in detroit when they get you know they're fine inside the dome but when you, you know when you get them outside sometimes they don't like to score a ton of points i'll take the under 45 in this game as a best bet rams at saints saints minus three and a half. A total of 39 points. What a scorcher.
2: The Rams are awful no matter who plays quarterback. It does not matter. Their offensive line, we talk about offensive lines. Their line is the worst. They've had nine different lines start, and they all stink. Nine different variations of it, and every one of them has been awful. Uh, They have no Cooper Cup. They have no weapons. Uh, I think the Saints at home with their defense will play better in this game. Um, I, I like the saints as a best bet. I think new Orleans will cover this number and win by 10.
1: You're, uh, you're shortchanging Ben Skoranek. You're talking about no weapons for, for LA. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's going to carry the man Jefferson, now. man, Jefferson's back. <clears throat> the ghost of Allen Robinson. Uh, at 39, even though it's a low total, my lean's to the under. New Orleans collapsing. They, they beat a sick Vegas team, and aside from that, they would have lost five straight if they didn't win that game. Um, New Orleans' offense has good stats on the season, but of the last two weeks with Dalton, at quarterback. Talk about maybe taking him out. But they, they're sticking with him. and They're facing a good defense, even though the Rams' offense is terrible. Like Pete's saying, the defense is still pretty solid. New Orleans' defense, fifth in sack rate, should dominate that bad Rams' offensive line. It feels like at least one of these offenses are going to do nothing. So um, I think under 39 – even though it's a low number, is a pretty safe call because I couldn't. Whoever gets to twenty wins this game.
0: I had the under as a best bet. I think the fact that Stafford's in there. Oh, um,
1: what? You and RJ, just, RJ, you sure you just want just a it? lean, just a lean for me? I had
0: just Steve's don't score. No. I think <laughs> they can't do anything on offense. Like the, I think the biggest concern is that you get a like an Aaron Donald strip sack going the other way or like a, you know, a, a Stafford Well, That's what's going to happen. You're going
2: to, you're going to have, you could have, you got to hope like heck that the Saints defensive line doesn't just destroy that and turn the ball over and get them short fields and stuff. That's the only thing. Otherwise it's an under.
0: Yeah. I, I think the one thing too, is like Stafford was coming off concussion protocol, you know, dealing with some other injuries that seem to be floating around. Like you would think McVay is going to be as cautious as possible to try and not let him just get pummeled by this defensive line i mean at some point do they think about shutting it down
2: well like i said the other day on one of our shows i said if cups out four weeks if he gets to six he's not all the way back Just shut him down what's the point
0: cup or stafford cup i mean stafford the same thing same thing there's no reason to risk 2023 by letting stafford just get obliterated behind that offensive line that can't block
2: they're still alive now so you
0: got to play them if you can play them Uh, Either way, no points scored in this game, I don't think. I'll take the under 39. Wouldn't be surprised if it closed at, like, 37, honestly. Bears at Falcons. Falcons minus three, total of 49. The Bears have five straight 230-yard rushing games, the most since 1940. Pete, our research department didn't actually tell us who it was, but you covered the league in 1940, so do you know
1: what the team was?
2: I would... It could have been the, the Bears back in the day or the Card- that, Cardinals yeah. or whatever.
1: Not necessarily 1940. That's just what um, the pro football reference goes back to. It could be, it could be ever. You know? It wasn't necessarily a 1940
2: team. But I think when you look at, when you look at uh, this game, look, the Bears have run the ball and lost two games. I mean, they, you know, for all the excitement about Justin Fields running and doing everything he can, they, both, they lost two games in a row when he put up monster numbers. Uh, I think the Falcons will be rested. Uh, you know, they'll get a little time off. Uh, I I like the Falcons. I don't love this game at all. This is a tough game for me, but I'll take the Falcons minus the small number. I don't love the game.
1: You said the 230 plus thing last time, 200 plus yards and five straight uh, rushing was um, 1976. So that hasn't happened very often. One recent team came close The 2018 Ravens and Lamar's first run at quarterback. Weren't throwing any passing numbers out the, you know, out there, but uh, we're getting 200 yards rushing yards a game, at least except for they had like 194 one game. Who was the
2: 76 Um, team? Was it the, um, the Steelers, I believe. Steelers, I thought so.
1: Yeah. So, um, so, but it's funny too. You look at those those two hundred plus rushing team, um, yards in five straight. It's happened nine times, and the other nine teams on their streaks combined for like forty eight wins and four losses and uh, the, the Bears are 1-4 and four during their streaks. They're the one team that can't get wins even though they're running the ball, um, and I guess that's just what happens when you run the ball a lot in 2022 as opposed to 1976. Um, I'm not sure how the Chicago D stops anyone moving forward, but Atlanta's offense coming off a bad day. Atlanta doesn't have a strong home field advantage, um, I would lean Chicago plus three, but they, they're they dealing with some injuries. Um, so that's why it's only a lean there. The, the injuries on the offensive side of the ball have knocked the, the total the total down a point to 49. And at that point, I have a best bet over 49. I think both these teams score a bunch.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably a good look. Um, pretty good DFS actually. I mean, Justin Fields is like single-handedly winning fantasy leagues with, with these huge runs that he's ripping off. I mean, it's crazy to see. Like, if you picked up Justin Fields, you are – like just suddenly alive in whatever league you're in, and he's been extremely helpful. I think he's won uh, the Millie Maker back-to-back weeks. Uh, We'll see where he gets.
2: By the the way, uh, real quick on the 76 Steelers, I remember this, but after they lost a couple games in a row, this is what the defense did the rest of the way. Ready? Six, none, 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 three, 16, three, none, none. They had one, two. Three, four, five shutouts down the stretch. <laughs>
1: and that's how you have a team that runs for two hundred every game.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> by doing that. Yeah. Unbelievable! Uh, it was I got one of the great. It was one of the great defensive teams ever, and they had to be because they were limited on offense throwing the ball that year. But
0: fond memories. You know, I was yeah. a negative five. I was years. I was sixteen. You know, somebody – who was it texted Somebody texted me. It was like, how old do you think Pete is? I won't tell you what they said. 75. I don't care. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 75. Give me a break. <laughs> uh, by the way, Justin Fields, 92.1 fantasy points in two losses, the most since 1970. That's a fun fact for you right there. Uh, by the way, possible revenge game. Fields passed over by the Falcons and from Atlanta. No, 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 no. Uh, you know what? I've, I've been – they're struggling to find them. I, I really don't even care if we get them. Like I don't like I, just, like I don't care. Like I'm just trying to like fight my way through this thing. 49ers minus minus eight at the Cardinals over under forty three and a half. We mentioned Pete. Of course, the 49ers do look like a team that are starting to figure it out. Jimmy G playing some good football.
2: They are playing good football, and uh,
0: you know the one thing about them now though is
2: who doesn't eat each week. <laughs> you know because is it Debo didn't Kittle didn't. But McCaffrey did and Elijah Mitchell did and Ayuk did. And so who doesn't eat? And that's that's a pleasant problem to have. I think the Cardinals are bad. Uh, I don't think they're a good team. Colt McCoy actually played good football last week, um, made some nice throws. But I'm going to take the Niners, tease them down Lay two as part of the teaser. Uh, I'll take the Niners down to uh, minus two.
1: And I'm doing that as the first leg of my teaser as well. I think Cardinals, I believe both quarterbacks as we're talking right now are practicing for the Cardinals. So it looks like probably going to be Kyler Murray in this game, but I'm not worried about that here. Uh, San Francisco's offense, fourth in pass yards per play. Now they have a dangerous two-headed running back attack to add to that. San Francisco's defense, second in yards per play overall, first in rush yards per play by a mile, but also third in sack rate. Um, so defensively, I think they'll shut down whatever Arizona's trying to do with that offense that's last in pass yards per play with a banged up offensive line. It's been banged up all year. Um, Arizona as defense will have to have another big game like they had versus the Rams, but but with this offense evolving, I don't know that they could do that, especially when they don't really have a one thing they do well defensively. Um, they just need to have those games where come together and play a bad offense, and that's not what San Francisco is. So, I had the line is San Francisco six and a half on a neutral, so I think eight is a little bit inflated. Um, even though I didn't want to play the Cardinals at all, so I'm te- like, like Pete, I'm teasing it down to minus two as part of a teaser.
0: Kind of wish I thought of the teaser idea instead of just taking San Francisco minus eight, which is what I did. But when you look at the Cardinals, Kylie Murray, even if he plays hamstring injury, hard to imagine that he's extremely mobile in this game. San Francisco's defense outstanding, and they're going to pound the football against Arizona. I think they run up the score and win handily. They do have, I mean, they got too many balls to feed. That's a good problem to have. And, but all these guys are sort of on board. You know, Debo got paid. McCaffrey's coming in and been like a like a model teammate to nobody's surprise. And uh, Jimmy G starting to cook a little bit. Maybe gives a, a real conundrum for the 49ers this offseason potentially if he takes them that deep into the playoffs Raiders at the Broncos uh Broncos minus two and a half over to 41 and a half I believe that Daniel Hackett said it worse Pete when he said somebody has to win this game which is just the type of confidence you want oozing out of your head coach
2: yeah and I'm going to take the Raiders as a best bet I I think I think the Denver offense is it's amazing how bad do we talk about a bad offensive line Russell Wilson was main last week and he can move a little bit. It was incredible. They had five sacks without Jeffrey Simmons and Bud Dupree. And it was, and, and you know what? He moved away from about five others. Uh, I think their line is a problem. I think Crosby will have a field day in this game. Uh, they will limit the offense. I, look, I don't love the Raiders' offense either, but I will take the Raiders minus the points in this one. I mean, plus the points in this one.
1: And Wilson holds the ball way too long, too. That's a problem. He, you know, he got to get does. rid of the ball if you have a bad offensive line. And he's he's making problem, as many problems for himself as everyone else is doing on that offense. But Vegas is horrendous. You know, um, they, I don't want to back them, but this Denver offense can't be laying points against anybody. I'm on the Pete side here, although I made it the second leg of my teaser, get it to plus eight and a half, or with Vegas because you know another low total game. Broncos not scoring a ton. Love having extra points in the, in the bag. It worked last week when they lost by seven. Um, uh, when I believe I, te- I either teased them or teased the other team. I can't remember what what it was, but but that came through just barely. Uh, Tennessee's defense decimated last week, like you said, but Wilson completing fifty percent of his passes, four point three yards per play, holds on to the ball too long. All these Denver games are low scoring, so so love teasing it here. Yeah, I mean,
0: it, it sure seems like Denver's problems on offense are kind of exactly what Pete Carroll described. The issues were the issues that Geno Smith is not having this year, which you know, I mean, you do the correlation there. I agree with you can't you can't lay three points with the Broncos. They're a bad, bad football team. Uh, it is up to three now, uh, minus one twenty, plus three, minus one twenty on Caesars would lean towards the Raiders getting the points.
2: We have Carolina. it a, yeah, we had it at two and a half though, didn't we? Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: yeah. yeah I, I mean, wish it was three, yeah. but okay. um, Cowboys. Minus one and a half at the Vikings. The Vikings have one loss in the season. They're a dog at home. Stinky, stinky line, Pete. Over under 47 and a half here.
2: Yeah, this line smells. <laughs> Did somebody alert the books that they've told Kirk Cousins it's a big game or something? I mean, what <laughs> is this? I mean, what, what this line is bad. And uh, and uh, I, I think I'm going to take the Vikings in a second part of my teaser to make it seven and a half. So I, I have the 49ers minus two. The Vikings – Uh, Plus seven and a half as my teaser. And and I think this this line, I'm a little I I wanted to take the Vikings. I'm a little scared off by the line a little bit, Uh, but I think they'll hang around in the game no matter if they win or lose it. So I'm going to take Minnesota as the second part of my teaser.
1: Yeah, I think it's a solid teaser play. Um, I think my power ratings have this line at Minnesota minus one, so I should be on the Minnesota side too. I just think it's a come down spot for them after stealing a win from Buffalo with that wild fourth quarter. Um, And Dallas defense had a wake-up call after that ugly showing in Green Bay at the end of the game. Um, And I think they'll get back to it here. Although they typically have been a lot better at home than on the road, so maybe it's just a thing. I think Dallas pass game has success against Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota's pass defense 29th in yards per play. Dallas defense struggles against the run, but Minnesota is 25th in rush attempts despite their 8-1 record. You figure a team that's winning every week should run the ball a lot to, to seal away those wins. They're just not running the ball that much, so I don't know if they're going to take advantage of Dallas's defensive struggles versus the run as much as they should. Um, so we'll see this game. I think Pickham is probably the right line, even though I projected at Minnesota minus one. Slight value on the Minnesota side uh, if I was going to play it.
0: Yeah, I kind of feel like a sucker here. I took the Vikings plus one and a half at home. I mean, it's, a, it's stinky. But if you're going to give me, I mean, like the Vikings are a good team. And it's not a prime time. Just don't tell Kirk Cousins it's a big game. Right. Don't tell Rick Spielberg either. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, i'll take the R- rj
2: said it rj said it the other day in, in a green room and you would have thought that rick was going to stare daggers down him
1: but he, it's because he threw a pick and it was like when the the wind and everything picked up and the, the elements picked up so it's like okay then it's like he played well at the rest of that game so it's like he, yeah, could have he the threw back
2: one at. more bad pick though I he could
1: have sure. shoved it back in my face like he played really well the rest of the game and i'm like <laughs> after after the weather cooled down after like 10 minutes i was like oh okay now he looks fine i think it was just Believe me, well, RJ, bad
2: he thought about it
1: <laughs> yeah, well, he definitely has, he definitely has the uh, the standing to throw anything in my face with his position
0: no so. he doesn't I give him crap about it all the time I love that you're like constantly badgering like former Vikings GM Rick Spielman about like Kirk Cousins just like he's like oh this is a big game because of this he's like no it's and but like his like defense is like no it's not a big game it's like no no that's a problem if you have to say it's not a big game Kirk will be fine oh yeah oh
2: yeah, oh,
0: yeah. Uh, all right let's get through a, oh, oh just two more Sorts late this week. Bengals at Steelers. Steelers minus three and a half over under 41.
2: It's not minus three and a half. The Bengals are minus three and a,
0: Excuse a half. Excuse me. The Bengals are minus
2: three and a half. I read We the had it written down. Yeah. I, I, like, I like the Bengals in this spot. I think coming off the bye, um, you know, the Steelers have played better. I got to give credit with TJ Watt. They're better defense. But remember, they beat the Bengals. The Bengals were a disaster when they lost over the first time. This time around, they're much better on offense. I think that shows up here. Uh, I'll take the Bengals minus the three and a half. Uh, not a best bet for me, but I will take the Bengals.
1: I like Pittsburgh earlier in the week when the line was bigger. It's been coming down. I think people are starting to believe in this this Pittsburgh defense with T.J. Watt healthy. They helped New Orleans to 4.1 yards per play. I love fading the Cincinnati offense versus good pass rushes. It worked with the Cleveland game, even though overall, I thought, since he's a better team than Cleveland, but you just get those pass rushers in there and they can just destroy that that Cincinnati offensive line. I think that might happen here. Pittsburgh's offense, though, not great, but since defense, 29th in sack rate, so maybe. Uh, Pickett has a little more time to throw the DJ readers expected back that should help the pass rush in addition to being as good as he is against the run um, this good Pittsburgh uh, home field advantage I think the line should be, you know, three and a half four at the most. So that's why I liked it earlier in the week when Pittsburgh was catching five. I still kind of lean Pittsburgh here, but I think all the value has gone. So I think this is where the number should be.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I would lean towards getting the points at home as well. Um, with the improved defensive play by the Steelers, but no thank you. I mean, generally speaking, in a lot of these AFC North games, if you're getting three and a half of the home team, you you feel pretty good that it could end up being decided by a field goal. Uh, certainly, Pittsburgh's offense not as uh, robust as it has been in years past. Chiefs at Chargers. Chiefs minus five and a half, a total of 50. That's actually climbed up to 51. And on Caesars, that line is up to six, Pete.
2: Well, I'm going to take the Chiefs here. I, I think this is the end of the division as we know it um the, you know the SEC SEC of the NFL will be decided uh, with what seven weeks to go I mean it's ridiculous um I, I think the Chargers are bad uh, in terms of their scheme it's a terrible scheme now he doesn't have receivers outside so I get it but they got to be better than what they are throwing the football he can still throw it down the field they just don't um so I, I think I'm going to take the Chiefs here minus the points uh, I think Mahomes lights them up
1: and then, well, they finally may be getting healthier at receiver. seems like those guys are practicing, have a chance to play, Williams and, and Keenan Allen. They still
2: don't um, throw we'll, the ball down the field, even with those guys in the lineup. Yeah,
1: well, that, yeah, we've had our talk about the offensive coordinator there. But Kansas City's offense might be down Juju and Michael Hardman. Either of them practice on Thursday again. Um, so we'll see how that offense changes. I know that Patrick Mahomes is a great equal. I just drink throw to anyone, so it might not matter. But these two teams play close. And the last time the Chiefs beat the Chargers by seven, Philip Rivers was quarterback. So I don't know wow. that I want to play against um, the Chargers catching six. You know, we have five and a half, so I, it's only a lean for me on the Chargers at six. I just think these teams have a history of playing close games. Figure it's a typical game that stays close. Chargers find a way to cover, even though the Chiefs are the much better team.
0: Yeah, I would um, – they do play close. That's the. I mean, I lean Chiefs here just because I think the Chiefs sort of smell blood in the water, not only with the division, but kind of the AFC as a whole where – you know, Buffalo losing to Minnesota. Josh Allen's kind of banged up. You know, they lost to the, the Bills earlier in the season, but they know, like, you're going to win this game and the division's over. I mean, it's like, I mean, you're, you're wrapping it up by Thanksgiving, and you could even get in a spot where you clinch the one seed way earlier than you thought would be possible. Well, and then, it, right? If they win this one, the division is definitely done.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's not. They'll have, they'll have three on L.A., and then they'll have the tiebreaker on L.A. So, three and a half, essentially, on L.A. Right. It's basically yeah. done. Because they'd be and the, other two teams in, are terrible.
0: And the Chargers would be five and five. Yeah, it'd be over. Um, yeah. I mean, what a disappointment this division's been. Terrible.
1: I mean, all that hype all offseason, season did not delivering. And I think if, what you ask t- a,
2: what a, if you what about the total of this game?
1: Yeah, 51. I mean, I was kind of leaning to the um, under because of those injuries for the Kansas City offensive, um, you know, weapons. And um, when you get these repeat games, repeat divisional games, I repeat think the games tend to go games. a little they yeah. tend to go under typically in these divisional repeat games. So I was leaning to the under there. I'm surprised it's went up a point. So maybe I have a bad read there and people think there's going to be a lot of scoring here, but I just think under is probably the way to go.
0: Well, it does seem like, um, like sometimes when the chiefs get in that second half game script, Andy Reid can, you know, pound the ball and they start to, you know, really use a ton of clock. But, but then the chargers are sort of like a, they, like they'll get vertical when they're down like big and need to like that. That's the only time they actually utilize like Justin Herbert's best skill set. So we've seen that sometimes in these Chargers Chiefs games where Casey will get a lead and Herbert will start throwing down the field. If he's got if he's got his receivers, maybe that's why the totals creeped up. But yeah, I mean, I think if if Casey gets a lead, I mean, certainly they're gonna just chomp clock. I mean, that's what they, they're very good at in the second half. Uh, so I would, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to take the under because you could see it. You know, this game explode, but I would lean. Chiefs here, no best bet. Uh any look aheads, RJ.
1: Yeah, I keep going back to Pittsburgh on these look-ahead lines, and next week, they're at Indianapolis. They're three-point underdogs at Indianapolis. Uh, Indy could be a paper tiger, like I said earlier, since the Vegas defense gets no pressure. If Indy falters offensively this week, I think their stock could plummet, and they're like, oh, it's the same old Colts that we saw earlier, especially going against a team that theoretically should be able to rush the passer um, with this really, really bad offensive line. A lot of optimism around Pittsburgh with Watt back. Line versus Cincy has dropped, so I think there's more of a chance. People are thinking they could upset win that one at home, and if they win that one this game should be closer to pick them than three so i think uh, if you want to get ahead of a line move pittsburgh plus three is the way to go
0: i dig it all right the best bets pete no revenge game parlay uh i got i got revenged on some virus kind of revenge on me the first two days of the week and i'm not (laughs) i'm not intrigued in diving into it pete's best bets colts plus seven saints minus three and a half vikings 49ers teaser Pats minus three, Raiders plus two and a half, and a Ravens Panther the Ravens Panthers over. RJ's best bets: yeah. Cleveland plus eight. There's an asterisk there because if you're betting on Caesars and the game is moved to Detroit or anywhere else other than Buffalo, that that bet will be voided and we won't count it against RJ's record. Pats minus three, Giants minus three, Texans plus three and a half. Chicago-Atlanta over 49, and a teaser with the Raiders and the 49ers. My best bets, Baltimore minus 13. (laughs) Ridiculous. The Pats minus 3. Rams-Saints under 39. Lions-Giants under 45. Vikings plus 1.5, and and the 49ers minus 8. Let's uh, stay hot this week. Let's do it. Three straight weeks of, uh... maybe for me, three straight weeks of... About 500 you guys just stay nuclear hot keep getting winners as always a pleasure gentlemen for pete for rj i'm brinson we'll see you guys later